I'm Dan Broskell. And I'm Dave Geller. And we are the co-hosts of What Do We Know? What Do We Know is a free-range podcast dealing with wellness, education, sports, personal stories, and more from two guys who know a lot about certain things, but not a lot about others. Your hosts are Dan Broskell, a longtime educator, compulsive runner, and father of five. And Dave Geller, a pediatrician with three kids and an amazing Maine accent. All right, guys. Happy Monday. It's Monday, March 30th, 2020. Season 1, Episode 16, Dave. Episode 16. I feel that's a, that's a milestone of uh, what do we know. I'm Dan Brosco. I'm looking at Dave Geller. Dave's looking pretty good today. And Dave, you're, you're uh, participating in this virtual podcast using something new, are you not? I have, I have finally given it and got myself a new phone. After how many years? 50? <laughs> no, no. I... Yeah, no, I've I've had a I have I've had a phone. It, you got to crank it up. No, I had a phone. Um, <laughs> it just was not the latest model. Actually, last time I got a phone when I went to get it at um, I think it was Costco because they had a deal there. The when I when I chose the model, I chose the, <laughs> what the, the sales the saleswoman said, "Why are you getting this model?" <laughs> I just I said, "I don't know. I like it." Because most people are getting a newer one. I said I just wanted to stick with this one that could fit in the palm of my hand. No, I'm I'm happy to have the new the new iPhone. Dave, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very so much. So it's the 11? Is it the 11? It is the 11. It's it like 11. eight times bigger than the previous one. Unbelievable. Oh, it's it's huge. My, do you remember when you first do you remember the your first iPhone? Remember what year it was? If, um I'm going to say no. Uh jeez, no. I can't remember the first. I remember switching from the I love the BlackBerry. I had a BlackBerry. I love that thing. Of course you did. Yeah. I, I can actually type fast on the BlackBerry that I can type on a computer. That was good. That's a wicked skill there. But when yeah. was your when was your first iPhone? Uh, it was spring of 2011. I think. Why do you remember? Why do you remember that? Well, I remember things in like batches, of, like what I was doing at the time, and I resisted it for a long time. And I remember there there was a snowstorm in in March of 2011. I was trying to like tell staff not to come in and cancel things it was just impossible because i had this old phone i couldn't do what i wanted to i'm like you know it's probably time um so i sent the capable mrs broskell out and she came back with two new iphones and uh here we are slaves to our devices you know anyway we're we're glad we have them glad we have them yeah so episode 16 a great great talking to sal the other day dave thanks for setting that up for us what a great conversation we had with him He's a great kid, young, great young man, really nice, you know, just articulate, easy to talk to, insightful. For sure. Talented. Yep. Yeah. And again, like so something about these kids are you're grown over there, just humble and, and rooted in, in like good values and, um, you know, keep, keep them coming, Dave, keep them coming onto the pod. It's really exciting. Right, I think we, I think there's a few over your, your neck of the woods, right? Um, yeah, well, we're still a little cow town compared to Big Bad Lexington. So uh, whatever, we're telling good stories in the pod. Uh, speaking of 16, David, can you think of any famous number 16s? Uh, can I? Yeah, I'm, I'm maybe maybe this myself. maybe the second greatest quarterback of all time after Tom Brady. Uh, I, Steve Steve, Steve Grogan's number was sixteen. <laughs> okay, how about Joe Montana? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe Montana, Brett Hull of, of uh, St. Louis Blues fame, Dwight Gooden. Um, really, Dwight Gooden, number sixteen, right? And uh, and a few other ones. Not that anybody cares besides me and you. So. Anyway, Dave, uh, so yeah, this is a, it's a strange time. I was searching through my email before I got on the call with you, just thinking about, you know, today we began sort of remote learning in earnest over here in Bedford, and um, my kids are very excited. I was at the middle school today helping distribute Chromebooks in a drive through fashion to families that wanted to um, get some extra devices to use at home. And, um, you know, Mar- March 3rd was the first time someone t- started talking about it, and here we are. And, you know, schools might reopen on May 4th, and, you know, they also might not. So this is really unbelievable what we're living through. Um, how's it going with, with your girls? How's it going with Maddie doing Estabrook online? What's, she just, what's, what's she the story? Just added, she just added her remote learning. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, like it's a whole new concept. Like we, did you hand out Chromebooks to every kid at school? So what we did was, so basically the high school kids get iPads in Bedford. So every, all those kids are all set. And then we said to family, it's like, if you need a device because, you know, you're working from home or you can't let your kids use it and you have to have multiple people at the same time, you know, sign up and we'll make sure that we have access. And this was like last Wednesday. And like, thank goodness, you know, we made sure we had enough for everyone. So anybody that came today, whether or whether they did not sign up, got to take as many as they needed. So I think we prepared 500 for distribution. 
And uh, on Friday, the principals and the technology folks were uh, sterilized, you know, disinfecting them and putting them in bags and getting them ready for today. And then I spent three and a half hours today in the first shift, just like giving them to people and saying, you know, enjoy your remote learning. So important. And uh, I was really happy and proud to do it and looking forward to seeing how this goes. I mean, I, I know that, you know, this is old news, but it just blows me away that that you can, that kids can access, can utilize iPads and yeah. Chromebooks from school. When we were kids, just getting a calculator was a big deal, right? Uh, to have a yeah. calculator for my math class, and it's amazing that you. It's can amazing, that. and you know, honestly, and people aren't, people aren't really concerned or freaking out yet. I mean, the concern really is math. Um, a lot of math happens between now and the end of the year, and especially for kids who are changing schools or getting ready for more advanced math, it's 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 going to be harder of course, to get that math done in any kind of fashion, uh, virtually. So I wonder what, I wonder what subject, if you had, we had teachers on right now, we, this yeah. might be a podcast, right? English, yeah. math, science, you know, certain, certain, you know, middle school, elementary school, high school, yeah. bouncing around there. Like what, what, who is at most jeopardy for falling behind right now in the learning curve? Are you saying yeah. for your back, for your background, you're saying math. I would, I would suggest it's probably math. And because again, if you think about, English or literature. I mean, a lot of that's sort of a back and forth, and you can revise and edit, you know, iteratively in, in Google Docs as opposed to like in a classroom submitting papers, which is what happens anyway. And the, the discussion of the pieces are also important, but I think you, know, you can develop writing skills online, you can develop reading skills online, um, you, know, you can reinforce concepts and stuff. And I mean, kids are still taking AP tests in May, Dave. Uh, what, I'm saying, school is what, what I'm saying is, is just say, just say school, got, school got cut off right now, right? School's yeah. done. Boop, no learning. Yeah. Who would who would be the toughest? What what subject would be the toughest one at the start next year? You know, I would like, say math. I would yeah. say math. But you know, David, let, let's get some. We know some teachers. Let's get them on. Yes. We can set that up and say like, hey, we'll grab a couple of folks from across the, across the schools and say, what you know, what are you concerned about? What are you not concerned about? How, yeah. And, and how, how how are you working differently? And it's going to be different. And again, no one has done this. And I was talking to someone this morning. Uh, I won't say who. Who is like you know? It's hard to believe that no one ever had a contingency plan in place for mm. when the schools had to close, and from the yeah. state level, right? Like yeah, no, yeah. One, no one thought this could happen, and here we are. Who was that person? I'm not gonna tell you who it was. Oh, I thought I had you. I thought I had you. <laughs> no. Just had that. Uh, somebody we'll this morning who was, who was more important than I. Am. How did that sound? You know, that's. I think I, I can. I don't know if you can smell it, but I can. I can smell a good podcast from here. So I think that's that's one of my next topics. I like you that. Got, you got a good nose for it, man. Um, but speaking of new normal, um, you know, so I would say, how, how are you doing mentally? Are you, are, you, are you? I know that you're working pretty hard, Dave. So I mean, you're you're working at kind of peak capacity right now between uh, the practice and and the volunteer stuff and just life. I feel like you're you're, you're yeah. kicking some butt. I mean, you and I are both built for this, right? We're just built for the next best thing and getting involved and helping out. And I, I, I wake up in the morning, I'm ready to go. Um, by the end of the day, my brain is tired. And, you know, when I first started this this new group that uh, that I'm, I'm part of, you know, I, probably, I think I worked seven days a week for three months straight. And yeah. I was not, I have not, I'm, I was not even close to as tired as I have been now mentally. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm spent I'm spent and I'm also not sleeping very well. So it's like, I'm just, I'm feeling like fine, but also not super fine at the same time. So it's very strange, you know, but like I'm, I'm catching up on reading and, and stuff I'm watching, which we'll come back to. Mm. Um, so, and also I'm just, I'm, I'm just, and usually I can tell like when I'm not functioning at a high level, I'm just not running at all fast. Mm. And that is definitely me right now. Like running, not at all fast. I had like a great run on them. Um, maybe it was Saturday. Yeah. But I'm just like, dragging myself through town and dragging myself through the woods including today Dave when I walked in and just before we got on the call I uh, pulled the tick off on my neck so hey nice. ticks welcome back and I of course freaked out and started like frantically checking myself and rubbing my head and that's a great place to be you know you know it's like you know, in the office when someone comes in with head lice and the next thing you know you're, everybody gets very itchy oh, it was, yeah, always. You know, speaking about pulling off ticks it was one night it was you know I used to stay up late sometimes doing work and I remember like midnight, Jen's asleep, everybody's asleep in the house, and I and I, my back was a little itchy. And I put my my right arm to my left and my left back, like reach over the back. You know, I'm not that flexible. And I'm like, what is that? And I look in the mirror, and I got a big tick stuck to my back, and it's just out of the reach of my hand. You know, I'm not that flexible. So I've got two options, um, or well, three options: try to pull it yeah. off myself, no, to wake up Jen at midnight, which I was not going to do, or three, go to sleep 
And you know what? It's probably less than 24 hours. I'll pull it off in the morning. So I, I chose option three. You're but another that, example of how I'm not sure you've survived. But, but that lasted for about an hour. I said, I, I just can't. I just cannot sleep. I so just you so no, so so I went down and got some pliers. <laughs> I need on those pliers. I reached over my back and I pulled that thing off. So, and I'm still here. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost speechless. File, um, file that somewhere, Dave. And uh, you know what's also? Uh, I don't want to remind you of anything, but next next Wednesday is Passover. So you, so we're, I'm thinking about how I'm going to zoom stages with my friends. Yeah. So, but I, you asked me like in jest last month. So you're going to come over? I'm like, I don't know. The answer is no. <laughs> we should find a way to uh, do a few things together. No, hundred percent. So we actually we talked about that yesterday. I was talking about that with Hannah and Jen. Um, how yeah. we can do that? I mean, there's, there's some big holidays coming up, right? You've got you got Palm Sunday, you got Passover, you got Easter. Easter. That's yeah. It's all off the big, table, man. Big stuff. Big stuff all on the on. table. It's crazy. Um, but speaking of leavening, uh, we made we made something. Uh, we made something <laughs> who is block. who is speaking of leavening? I, I am. Uh, you were alluding you know to leavening. You know what the broth schools made last night that I didn't I just do made know because I saw it on Facebook. Yeah. But lay on everybody. So speak. I mean, this is like we talk about bagels on this podcast, and I love bagels. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating that the bagel that my wife and kids made yesterday that I consumed was probably the best bagel I've ever had in my life. Really? It was so perfect and fresh and like New York style, chewy in the middle, like a homemade cinnamon sugar, like dusting. And I said, like, I'm not even trying to like curry favor with anybody. This was a tremendous bagel. So I'm hoping there'll be some more bagels made before the uh, leavening is dismissed for Passover. But I I have a feeling that given what's going on, we're not going to be super diligent about Passover this year. Um, But it's coming. Would you say it was a wicked bagel? That's the question. It was. Uh, it you was set tremendously. Up, I'm you not going to violate up, any trademark. It was tremendously <laughs> delicious. You should set up a little Brasco ba- bagel drive-through thing right there. Um, on your, sure. On the street. Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, sometimes people are just like running to my house screaming, um, Dave, as you may have done the other day. <laughs> so, but we, but I, we kept six feet apart though. <laughs> it was like it was, when I came into your house yelling and or screaming, it was like when you put two magnets, you know, the wrong way against each other and they repel each other. <laughs> like you, your whole family was backing off as I was coming in. Well, I yelled, I yelled like, get out of my house. <laughs> but it was good to see you in person. It had been a long time. This is the closest we're going to get. Oh my gosh. Um, what else? Oh, oh uh, in a case you missed it. So last Thursday o- over zoom, actually this, the Bedford school committee did elect a new superintendent of schools, um, a zoom that was, that was attended by over a hundred community members, uh, wow. I would say including folks from other towns who were curious about whether or not we were going to take somebody from them. Um, but in the end, after much discussion, uh, we did vote unanimously five zero zero to, uh, appoint Phil Conrad, who is the, current principal of Andover High School to the superintendency and then we spoke to him later that night he did accept um so we're very very excited that Phil is going to be coming on board starting July 1st um to be the new leader in Bedford so congratulations Phil the other finalists who were all wonderful and the end of a wonderful process and I'm just really pleased that we got the candidate um that we all kind of wanted in the end so it was it was very nice I feel like it's kind of like a proposal right but when if you you called him up and he and he and he and he um said no well, that was, I mean, that could happen, right? And it has happened. And he, a lot of these folks are finalists in other places, as was he. Um, so we actually moved our meeting up so we could make him an offer first. Because in this business, you know, you hear, like, if you get the offer, take it because you just never know what's going to happen. Plus, I think, yeah. like, we probably had the best case anyway. Um, and also, I mean, just, just informationally, you know, I, I, we did, we did, you can decide to do this um, either by a majority vote or a supermajority vote. And for us, a supermajority is four to one. Uh, and we wanted to make sure that at least four people were on board with it. So we, we did want it to be at least a four to one vote to choose and ended up being a five zero unanimous hmm. vote. So that was very nice. So did you have to do any lobbying beforehand or like um, lobbying? Um, we are not like... allowed to meet and discuss that sort of thing before meetings. I would just say that it was a really thorough process and we gave everyone time um, to describe really publicly about what, what they thought. And, you know, uh, in, in reflection, you know, I'm usually a pretty black and white and honest guy that plays it straight. And I told people, I'm, I'm going to list in reviewing the candidates what I liked about everybody. I'm also going to say what I, what I didn't like or what I hoped had been better. Uh, and mm-hmm. some people like don't want to do that because they're afraid that what they're going to say in a public forum will come back to, to, you know, to cause someone, you know, harm in some fashion. Um, 
so I did, I did name all the highlights of the candidates. I did name some things I probably wanted them to answer better. All given the context of like, hey, these are all outstanding leaders and we have to create some kind of distinction. Here's why I said that. So um, if you want to find them, I'm sure it's archived somewhere, but it was, and I, did, I, did, I did get to go first, which mm. was also nice. So uh, whatever, enough about me. What's happening with you? What's happening, is the practice just going along? Are you seeing fewer patients? Are you seeing average amount of patients? Are you seeing more patients? What's happening? Yeah, so it's, it's probably, we definitely have less foot traffic. I'd say, um, yep. but we're still maintaining uh, an open office. Yep. Uh, We've—I I don't, I don't want to bore everybody with this. I might have said it before, but we staggered our schedules to what we're calling pods to prevent just in case someone comes in who's sick with COVID-19 from exposing us all. Um, on any given day, we have at least two providers in the office and one provider at home, which would be a nurse practitioner or one of the docs taking calls. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are still seeing well-child checks. We have basically clean and dirty sides of the of the office. Um, we're using, you know, the appropriate protection for any patients that could be at risk. Um, we are actually doing parking lot visits a lot, yeah. which is great. How's, how's the, how's the uh, telehealth stuff coming? You're actually telehealth doing that is, now? That's really, really great. And it's about time, you know, but it's, it's got so much value for so many different, um, source resources. So that's been re- working out really well. And so are, are, were you like, did everyone start doing that at the same time or now you, you you're like your practice has just begun it, you know? No, so it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't really, it's always, uh, it's been around. It's not always covered by insurances. Now it yep. is. That's the big thing. Governor Baker mandated at least during the COVID-19 crisis. That for, all, would be. for all insurance companies? For yeah. all insurance companies. They have to cover it. And it's Massachusetts. And, and everybody, everybody was waiting. Everybody rolled it out very quickly. Um, we were probably one of the first practices, I'd say, that, like, you know, it would by a day or two started using it. Um, and, and it's really great and it has a lot of value for now and the future. So hopefully it will still be covered in the future. And it's been yep. really great to keep people out of the office and, um, but give them exams they need ones that you can do over the, you know, you know, visual ones, just talking. We're doing a lot of behavior health that way. Yep. It keeps people out of urgent care, out of the ER where they are most likely to be exposed, it keeps people home. Um, so it's really been great. So the offices, I'd say the foot traffic's down, but, the, the telephone calls are really increased, um, but we're here for people, you know, it's, so it's just, just, it's, it's, it's fulfilling to keep doing what we're doing and people are really, really appreciative that we're there. Um, because you know, I don't, I really don't feel that we're on the front front line. The ER doctors are of course, but we're definitely, you know, um, seeing kids, you know, and you know, who could be, you know, contagious and I guess, um, but we're doing our best to keep everybody safe, healthy, you know, patient wise, family wise, office wise, you know, our goal is to keep everybody healthy on both sides. Wow. And, um, so I don't even know the answer to this question, Dave. I mean, how often are you running downtown to hospitals, like over the course of work? And are you, would you plan to actually not do that now because of what's happening in the major hospitals or? That's a great question. So and the way our practice runs now and most practices do, we do not need to go to the hospitals at all. Um, just, you know, in terms of we don't round on newborns in the, in the hospital anymore. That's done by the okay. newborn services. We don't round mostly on our own patients yeah. in the hospitals because there's a hospitalist team that sees them. So that, it's actually a much better um, system now where in the past, although I really enjoyed seeing my patients in the hospital, I, I hope they weren't in the hospital, but if I, I liked, you know, being direct care of them and seeing newborn babies, just the, the way that things run more smoothly now, we don't do that as much. And I don't know if we actually would be still, that's a great question. Like, I don't know if, if we were doing that, if we'd be actually allowed into the nurseries and into the, into the hospitals now um, as much because of the, you know, the, the risk of infection. I mean, I mean the whole system has changed right now um, in terms of, uh, you know, who can go there. Um, all staff now say for the, you know, for one of the changes for the major in-town hospital, all the hospitals, I think uh, all staff wear surgical masks all day long. Um, yep. and, you know, higher level masks for protection if you're in more close contact with, you know, patients, but yeah, yeah. So we're not, we're not going there at all. Well, change times, you know, I've, I've got friends, um, in different, you know, practices around, you know, town, if not the, the country, I have friends who are working in local emergency rooms, pediatric ERs, adult ERs, specialists, um, you know, uh, we're having a lot of stories from New York City. Um, Carissa Glavin has a good friend who works down there. Mm-hmm. And some really crazy stories coming out of there right now. Um, you know, hopefully they can, you know, put a, you know, kind of, you know, slow, slow this, this thing down a little bit. But it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I have a good friend who's an oral surgeon in New York. I text him like, hey, how you doing? He goes, I'm in Vermont for two weeks. We're going to stay for another six. I'm like, hey, I, I don't blame you. You know, hang, hang out in the woods for a while because New York seems to be really... 
I mean, it's having a real tough time. So yeah, they're um like we just spoke to Jen's parents up in Maine, and and they're we had I I confirmed this by going online, but but when you're driving into Maine right now, there's big signs on the highway saying if you're from you know New York, New Jersey, um these high risk areas, they ask you to quarantine yourself when you get there. Don't don't go out. Well, they had like of- checkpoints on the Rhode Island border on 95 with like state troopers saying, "Hey, so yeah. I mean this." <laughs> You know, that's all happening. The the beaches in Maine are closed. I yeah. mean, and the governor said, you know, we're, we're 14 to 17 days away from, from the worst of it here, right? So yeah. Yeah. at this point, I'm, I'm assuming there's just nothing we can do because that's just the incubation period of people who have been walking around getting it. So... Well, that yeah, that and, yeah, that and the trend. You know, they're looking at these other countries to see, you know, you know what they did when and how it helped to tail it off. So, yeah, that's the expectation. I mean, but you're seeing it right now. These, you know, New York is the epicenter right now, but other other you know big cities are you know are, are going to get you know going to get hit soon too, unfortunately. So, well, plus the folks. That, I mean, there's always been this sort of gradual progression from the northeast down. Now, sort of Florida is getting ready to sort of ramp it up and. New Orleans Mardi Gras I was reading there was a big sort of cluster there which then left New Orleans and you know we we knew a few weeks ago that you know containment's a pipe dream now it's just got to be yeah. exposure and immunity and, and herd immunity as we were talking about and and seeing what that cycle looks like which is why people yeah. are saying you know May 4th ha ha mm. um you know but you know that you know speak coming back to sort of school stuff you know the the MIAA which regulates high school athletics is under a lot of pressure from student athletes saying hey we want to play and they're like you know, if they voted today, nineteen nothing. If schools reopen on March on May fourth, we'll have a full season and postseason until June twenty seventh. And they all said yes. But I mean, at this point, if I was betting, mm. I would bet that like don't make plans for spring sports, right? And yeah. uh, that's just, I mean, to me, obviously, in my kids, that's really saddening. That goes for you know youth soccer and Babe Ruth baseball and and, and in town stuff. And um, we're gonna look back on this in in ten years, saying, can can you believe this? stretch and is that stretch going to be eight weeks 12 weeks 16 weeks and yeah. then you know and i'm sitting here saying you know our, our closure is tied to school closure and then what what does this mean if we're just gonna you know be closed for a little bit longer so it, it's it's unbelievable and that's probably why i'm a little bit stressed about things right <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, you, but i'm lucky you know you know we're all healthy and my kids are doing fine and you know i'd rather lose sleep over that stuff than sickness so exactly exactly right Unbelievable. Um, anything the board of health is busy with, or just the same old, same old stuff, policies and procedures? You know. Yeah, I mean, looking look at the numbers, making decisions. Yeah, I mean, still sorting through every day about you know making, ensuring that certain thing, you know, things aren't happening, like people aren't gathering on on tennis courts and basketball courts and in parks. Except, and, except for Sal and those buddies on the baseball. Exactly, that's a great. I still one. think that probably is. I mean, Bedford has literally closed all the fields. I'm guessing Lexington has not because they were allowed to play baseball. So, well, I think I, that if you if you drove by and, and they were having a full game out there, they would have you know they would have like dispersed them. But if they're you know socially distant enough, right? They're six feet apart, you know, whatever, you know, from home plate to, um, um, you know, to well, y- yes, Dave, but I mean, the town can simply say all property and fields and courts That's are true. closed and enforce it. And Bedford's, I mean, generally do, I mean, they locked the track and all the entrances yeah. Yeah. and, you know, in, Ar- in Arlington, they put wooden boards over the basketball rims so kids can't play basketball. Is that what trying to discourage, you know, all that stuff from happening, which is definitely, I mean, I see kids who aren't family members walking around. I'm like, should you not be doing that? I yeah, know it's um, yeah. So yeah, so that's dealing with that and just dealing with you know essential versus non-essential businesses right now. You know yep. who who can be in business, who cannot be in business, and it's um, you know there's, there's there's these risks, right? If you're if you're still in business in terms of you know exposures and contagiousness, and I just heard about some you know there's you know there's um. Yeah, so it's just it's just kind of dealing with dealing with, with making sure that people do the right thing. Well, some some people do the will do the right thing, and many more uh, won't. And I think that's the, that's life, right? It is life. Oh my gosh! Um, wow. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm trying to do a few things. I'm trying to read, so I'm trying to. What do you read? I've just I've decided to reread War and Peace, just because that's what people <laughs> are doing. So I've, I've started with that, but I get distracted by shows. So but that I'm, that was my question, right? So just say just say high school English and, and some English teacher's gonna hit me in the back of the head with a with a with a with a, with a um yeah. Weathering Heights book. But but oh. it, like, it, like if you didn't read, if someone never read like Weathering Heights or War and Peace, you know what what books could you get away with not reading right now in high school, right? It's uh yeah, there's probably a lot of not reading that's happening. 
Yeah. You know? so at one time, I owned a, an actual copy of that book, and I actually want—I prefer to read that in a book, but I—I I, don't—I can't find—I can find Les Mis and Anna Karenina, but like I'm not reading those right now, so I'm going to read War and Peace on the tablet. But I also, I, I banged through a, a show called Zero 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 last week, which was really, really good about this intersection of, of uh, Italian uh, organized crime, Mexican organized crime, and American like shipping brokers, and this mm-hmm. drama around a cocaine shipment, which I think was really well done. And then I'm watching this show out of Israel, a couple years old, called The Baker and the Beauty, which is kind of like a Notting Hill story, um, mm-hmm. which is really funny. I watched like five episodes last night because I couldn't sleep, and I really enjoyed it. Plus, it's in Hebrew, so I can sort of remind myself about Hebrew. Um, mm-hmm. Um, winning the subtitles obviously so i've been watching some stuff uh and of course the boys just finished watching all the star wars in order and now the girls are um starting with uh, the original ones watching those in order so we're doing a lot of re-watching in our house as i think we talked about last week so what about you i've never read war and peace i'll put it i'll just lay it out well, there okay well i mean most mm. people haven't but you know if you got four weeks at home I don't know why. Why would I mean, if you're gonna choose that book? I'm trying to think of a book. A book I would choose. I'm not reading at all. I I have um, some books that Jocelyn has recommended that I read, and I haven't I haven't had a chance to read them yet. But I'm I'm gonna try to. It's a great thing to do right now is catch up on some reading. This is uh, a good time to do that. Yeah, that's why the libraries are closed. <laughs> I know, and that's crazy. So yeah, two in the morning last night, I woke up and I was watching a little bit of um, Stranger Things. Uh, that's what I was doing last night. Nice. Um, I was say two in the morning, but um, no, I was also up at two. But thanks, sir. Never good. You should have, should have texted me. Have you heard about uh, the show, um, the plot against America? It's HBO show. Have you heard about that? No. What's so that about? Very, like topical. I know nothing about it except that people are talking about it. But my experience with these shows that people talk about is that usually I don't like them, so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna rush into it. I'm gonna try to watch Ozark. I'm gonna try to do that. The, the new episode, the new season came out on that. Um, you talked about that in our very first podcast. Yeah, you yeah. should watch. You should watch that. You'd enjoy that. I, uh, you know, this I, is when I, I say, "Are you sure? Are you sure to enjoy that?" <laughs> and 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 the, I'm just thinking. I'm just picturing the baker and the beauty. Is I thought you were gonna say that was about somebody who was baking bagels with his wife, and that would have been you. But no, she's the baker. Come on, and she's the <laughs> well, beauty. And she's the beauty. Yeah, I'm not trying to just read the distinction. <laughs> she's both. It's like it's oh like a. Gosh. She's a, she's, she's, it's, a, it's a dual personality show. Yeah. By the way, speaking of, speaking of movies, I can't believe you, that for Sal, you again pulled out The Long Gone and I, Fish and Save Pittsburgh. There's uh, no way that he's heard of those movies. I know he hasn't, but maybe, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll infuse the younger generation, or any generation, with love that's for like, those. That's three generations removed from Fish and Save Pittsburgh. If that was like a... If that was a um, What's that? Who wants to be a millionaire? Whatever that show is, and that would be like a like a like a phone or friend. No one would be like, what are these yeah, movies? Who knows that? Geller knows that. I've one. never yeah, Carl Geller. He knows this. They want. Who, how many people have not read War and Peace? <laughs> Me again. Most people haven't read it. Do you know what it's about? No. War and Peace. You know what it's about? No, no, I, no, I don't actually. I'm. Just, oh. hmm. well, I'm not gonna tell you. Um. You know, but it's funny though, because when I have a book to go to, if I have downtime, I would I would reread Fahrenheit four fifty one or Oh, you really? Would you? Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, or um what's the one about Dresden? Um I forget what that uh the bombing of Dresden. But that would just I would pick up these random books that I read when I was you younger. Like, you like things about like heat and fire? That's what Dave's into? No, I I'm gonna, like, gonna, go, gonna go revisit Dante's Inferno. No, because I, I know I read them when I was in high school, but I don't really remember anything about them. So I'll read them again, you know, that way I can, you know, process. You know, I can tell you one thing about everything that I read in high school. You wanna know what it is? Yes. I, I hated I hated all of it. There you go. Charles Dickens, Shakespeare, get out. I mean, when I was a kid, thing, I read. I read like uh, I read like Tom Clancy when I was a kid. I thought that was really cool, you know. Yeah, my like, feeling on, yeah. on 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 Shakespeare is just you know, can you? It, it, it's so hard for me just to decipher what he's saying. Yeah, that I just can't get through it. Right? Yeah, actually, we were. I think we were walking in the woods the other night, and it was like a couple of us, James, and two of my girls, and Elizabeth after dinner, and she's like, "So, my wife's like, do you remember any Shakespeare?" I'm like, "No," <laughs> and James like, "I hate it." And then she, my wife goes off on this like five minute uh, like soliloquy recitation of such uh, I'm like how do you remember that and like yeah. d- not interested but you know I, I'm, I'm happy that other people like it my 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 uh, brother-in-law Tom who I've talked about recently he has a Tom has Toll? A, 
Tom Toll, he's a great man. Um, he's a he's a Renaissance man, but he, his they have a place way up in the hinterlands of, of Maine. Actually, it's an hour north of Orono. All right, so just think about that. Hey, hey Orono, back again, nice. Yeah. And it's what on town? Not, what town is it, it in? It's a, it's in Aurora, Maine. Aurora, like, Maine. Like like uh, Snow White. Like I like I can't pronounce it. It's too many R's. Um, it's <laughs> yeah, like Snow. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's it's not like. Oh, like Briar, not like so. I like Briar Rose. <laughs> um, and well, what's and up in Aurora, Maine, besides the Dow Pines Recreation Area? They're camp, and it's on logging land. You know, so you walk in like you know two miles. You it's can't east drive of it. Bangor. Yeah, and and um, you know it's it's on it's on a lake. It's there's it no power. You know they. There's no, there's minimal cell phone coverage. They, there's a, you know, they, they, they shower in water from the lake, but anyways, there's, they have an so is that like, there. is that qualify as down East or is that too far up from the coast to be down East? Yeah, I think that's not down East. So um, what's that region called? Like East of Bangor? <laughs> it's called, Annie, get your gun. Um, it's, it's like, get up, it's called get off my land. <laughs> um, what, what, how, how is the scene up in Bangor? What kind of town is that? Let me finish why I'm telling you the story though first, because so no. the, yeah, so they have a they have an outhouse up there, and his and his wife Deb, who another amazing woman, uh, she's probably a beauty and she's a beauty and she's probably she's a good baker. In their outhouse is the whole the whole script of the Raven written out inside the outhouse. What? You know, yeah, so so it, it's oh scary enough. It's scary enough for me to use an outhouse, but sitting in this outhouse, actually, and there's and there's, she has like ravens in the outhouse looking at you when you're using the outhouse. All right, dude, so Aurora has a population of 114 people. How'd you know that? Because I'm looking it up right I now. I know. I know. Oh my god. So, but what? What? So, like, what? What's up in Bangor? Is that a nice town? What? What? What happens? It's small. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a town. It's, it's not huge. You know, it's, it's people up there. It's, you know, it's like, it's a nice, you know, there are people in Bangor. Who knew? <laughs> people, people in Bangor. I don't know. Was like, I mean, I don't go to Bangor much. Um, I don't think I've been to Bangor. What is you know, it famous my, for? So my image of Bangor is 20 years ago when I was up there. It's, you know, it's like a, you know, it's like a classic main town, you know, built on industry and, you know, quiet streets and, you know, some diners, but now it's probably built up. What's it famous for? You tell me. Uh, well, population of 33,000 is the third largest city in Maine behind Portland and well, Lewiston. Lewiston's number two. I didn't know that. How? Wow. Wow. I was quickly counting. I was quickly counting. No, I, yeah, I, there's an international airport. This is great. Yeah, yeah, Bangor. Bangor yeah. Yeah. It's far away from here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it's not a small area. It's just it's just just far up there, you know. It, the, uh, it, the 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 Penobscot people are uh, are are the Bangor natives. How's that sound? I love the Penobscots, and I Who love doesn't? the I love Who the Wampanoag. Wampanoag. Well, the, don't don't get me started on the on the recent uh, First Nations stuff happening with the with the administration in D.C. So we're we're going to skip we over that. We won't go there. Um, did you ever did you ever did you ever wear a quaddy moccasin though? Quaddy Moccasin. Quaddy Moccasin was a was a big um, producer of footwear in Maine, actually, and uh, they made a everybody I, in Auburn. There was a Quaddy Moccasin outlet store. And, All right, Dave. So the, the the main name thing, like Massachusetts has some pretty cool names, like the the the, the name of the lake that's like a thousand letters long. But there's some yeah. great Maine names. Yeah. So what are some? Can you can you like give me some of your favorite like top main town names or like tribal names or area names? There's a lot of good ones. How about you name some for me? and I'll tell you if I like them or not because you're, oh you're probably looking well, right there, at them. I mean, uh, Skowhegan. Well, it's funny because to me that it's a Skowhegan. I don't even think twice about it. No, Androscoggin. Androscoggin's great. You know, I don't even think about that. It's just you know, but when you come down to, but that's why actually the Massachusetts names never really, never really um you know caught me off guard. You know, except that some of them a, sound kind of funny. A rustic, a rustic, a rustic, a rustic. Thank you for correcting. It's funny that you you actually can correct me in these associations. <laughs> Usually you can't. Uh, Millinocket, no, Millinocket. Exactly. You know, um, Damascada. There's a good one. Damascada. Madawaska. Um, there you go. It's, no, it's, There's a Madawaska Street in Bedford. There is not. There certainly is. We'll have to drive by um, that later on. No, th this is a good one. How about Norwich Walk? That's I like. Never it. heard of it before. It's in, like, it's no, in I've, uh, I've heard Somerset County. Some, I know I've heard of it actually, but but often I'll see people in the office and I'll, and they'll say, "Where you're from?" They go, "From Maine." I say, "I'm from Maine." You're like, "Where you're from?" And they'll, you know, usually I know, but like sometimes they'll say something like that. I'm like, "Where?" Yeah, they'll say like Aurora. <laughs> I have to I have to I have to quickly 
quickly um, you know, Google it. But but other thing that's cool about Maine is all the um, all the cities there, the towns that are you know, like Mexico and yep. um, you know there's Germany and there's and there's all these all these um, you know if you, there's this famous crossroads where all oh, the signs. Oh yeah, the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are very international. You know, Paris, Peru. Paris, Maine. Yeah. Yeah, Peru, Norway, Norway. We where, where our friend. Um, Daisy Girofalco has a place up there. Sure. Like, that there's, link there's, up is a great name. There's, there's a Rome. There's an Athens. There's a Belmont. Yep. There we go. Yep. There's an ind- industry main. Yeah, I'm there's, almost done with this game. What is an industry industry name? No, the in- industry. The name of the town is industry. Like I'm oh, from yeah, industry. I didn't know, I didn't know comma, that. Maine. <laughs> there's also a where you're from, Maine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hop on the main turnpike and just head, head into the middle. Anyway, Aurora, so I'm, I'm really happy to hear about the Tom Toll's Aurora cabin with yes, the raven and the raven well, on, the, uh, on the outhouse. No, because that's my, so my, 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 my reason for that was uh, did you ever read a lot? You know, we read Edgar Allan Poe, right? Growing up. I mean, at one point I probably did. You yeah, know? and that's another, another person I just was not, you know. Just, just, just cut to the chase. Whole thing's scary. Just cut to the chase. Well, if you want to cut to the chase, don't read War and Peace because it's like a trillion pages long. So, so there you go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, Wikipedia. You're gonna Wikipedia War. Well, that's what, what I do now. Is like I'll watch something, I'll read something, and then I'll just like go ahead and read all the stuff I missed because I'm not like super sophisticated. <laughs> uh, this is a pro- plus. In, in the in the actual book, there's it, it gives you like the characters at the beginning, so you can remind yourself because all these Russian names, there's like the nicknames and the actual names and like the feminine endings and the masculine endings. And I'm like, it's so hard to keep track of. So I think I know what's happening, but I could also just not know what's happening. But that's like me in life. Sometimes I have no idea what's happening. No, you have no idea what's oh, going on. Um, yeah. So uh, reading, watching, I- I'm-, I'm making lists. For fun. What kind of list? What kind of list? Read me one of your lists. I tried to do like a pyramid of, of movies and, you know, at a certain point. Oh, I you just was, I was like a to-do list. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want. I'm, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the movie list, et cetera. I was trying to do like, I, I think I, asked, I was, I was going to ask Sal this, but then we kind of got sidetracked because he was talking about like watching the Irishman on a plane. Yes. And there's definitely a line and a discussion about like what movies did you see on a plane, which made them better because you saw them on a plane. Mm. And when you saw them, when it, it, then when you weren't, it wasn't as good. Yep. So that, that happens. I give think. Me, g- give me an example. Well, there's also the example of the movie that, that you see in a plane for the first time, which is just so good. It leaves an impact on you. So I, I'll give you an example of, of one of each. So a movie that I saw on a plane, which was better on a plane than it was at home there's a lot more of those i think I, this is this is a bad let me go the other way the best movie i've seen on a plane which inspired me to like the movie at home is lost in translation if you've seen that yeah 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 with one of that bill murray in in japan yeah yeah and i saw it like on the i think i told you this on the way to ukraine um so i felt like very you know uh aloof mm-hmm. and 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 sort of unoriented and the movie kind of really hit me where it was supposed to yeah yeah um, I also saw Moneyball for the first time on a plane. I saw The Martian for the first time on a plane. I saw The Shawshank Redemption, Dave, Ooh. sneaking a man on, on a plane, plane in 1995. Ooh. And the funny thing is, I saw that movie on the airplane, but it was like in the days when you had to have the earphones on. And this was actually on the plane, but back from my summer in Israel. And like, nobody was actually watching the movie, but it was on. So I only saw it like with no sound. Hmm. So the first time I saw Shawshank, I didn't actually like hear it, but I saw it, and like thank goodness I have looped back to it. And of course, that to me is in the all time. So you're talking about movies that you're watching on the screen in front of the plane, or the one in the little screen in front? Well, now it's I mean, well, it's both, right? So going all the way back, I mean, I saw Hoosiers on the airplane in '87, like going to Paris. I remember that was incredible. One of my one of my favorite sports movies. I I don't think I've ever watched a movie on a plane on the screen in front of me. You know, in that sc- that big screen. No, I, I, in the oh, little oh, screen well, in front of me. But, wait, but I, you've but never watched a, a, a movie off screen on a movie on a movie on a screen in front of you in the seat? No, no, no. But I ain't talking about the ones where they come down the front of the screen. Uh, the, t- the the everybody well, the can old, see it. the old planes. Exactly. The ones that come That's down. what I meant. Yeah, I've never seen those. I mean, I've seen the ones in front of me. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, well. Right. So I've been on planes, you know, my whole life. I remember the old you know, screens coming out of the ceiling. And actually, a few years ago, I was flying to Tel Aviv, like, through Rome. and um, Through Romaine or Rome? Um, 
uh, yeah, Rome Maine International Airport. Yeah, Boston Rome <laughs> Maine Tel Aviv on on a G six, uh, and uh, and actually they, they had the 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 come the coming down screens on Alitalia, and they actually were showing Frozen. And for some reason, the plane was like half empty. I'm like, this is wonderful. I got frozen on the airplane. Uh, I rode it myself, and a nice you know frozen kosher meal coming out, which was great. So, yeah, a little little known fact. Little known fact. I only order kosher food on airplanes. I. I do the same, but I don't, I don't keep kosher. Oh, but I do it because I, it's just usually better than the other options they give you. You know, well, that, yeah, that's 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 one of the that's that's a pro tip, right? Get a get the kosher meal. Well, um, pro tip if you want to play it safe, and I like to play it safe. Or you can get like the veg meal, but then it's usually very dairy and cheesy. Yeah, and usually, I mean, listen, airplane food, airplane food, it sucks most of the time. And leafy. So. Yeah, who wants leaves? <laughs> so, so I can't, I can't even, you know, it's like, it, it's like in the, um, the, the, uh, Willy Wonka movie where they, where they teach, ask Charlie Bucket how many Wonka bars he's had, you know, and he says, what, two, you know, what, and, and the teacher says 2000, he goes, no, two, 200, J- just two, just two Wonka bars. I, I don't think I've ever watched a whole movie on a plane before, even with the screen in front of me. I don't have the, um, yeah, I, I watched them. That's MTV, unusual. MTV videos. That's unusual. Not a whole movie. Not a whole movie. I think that's unusual. Well, you you aren't on planes a lot for like a they, long time. That's the day. thing. Like I don't have a lot of chances, and my, my flights are quick. You know. All right, but well, well, like it, let's let's just say you know on Sunday you're like you know quarantine be damned. I'm flying Boston Tel Aviv overnight. You know, you'll have your choice of movies. You're probably gonna sit let's sit down and watch a couple of movies. So so you, you know Ruth Landis, right? <laughs> I do know Ruth Landis. Dave, David Landis's daughter, Millie's sister, like, Martin's like, sister. I know the whole family. God bless and I. And yeah. just saying, Dave Landis, from his Facebook, made some killer bagels recently. I know. Um, it was last night also. I was very impressed. But Ruth Ruth was out in California um, on her you know, beginning of her break from University of Chicago. And she's coming home now. She's flying home from Vegas. You know how much the flight costs from Vegas to get to Boston? Oh, my God. Probably like 15 bucks. $3. Yeah, if you want to fly, Dave, Fif- now is fif- the time. Fifteen with you know with the fees. I know. I Unbelievable. Is that crazy? Part of me is like, I've been, I have a good friend in San Diego, and he's like, "Come out, come out, come out." I'm like, "We're not going to do it. We could all get out of there for like a hundred bucks, and we have nothing else to do. Like, why not? I know why we're not going, but it's, you could. Uh, but then you. But then this you said, is insane. I mean, plus gas is one eighty-seven a gallon, Dave, which also hasn't happened in like fifteen years. Yeah, do you mind if we stay out there for for two months? <laughs> so we get uh, He's got a big house, my yeah, friend Mark. So yeah, there we go. Crazy. Um, yeah, the airfares are ridiculous, literally yeah. ridiculous. But you know, no no one's doing that, and and gas is is also just so. So give me a list. What's the list that you're doing? Uh, I don't want to talk. About, this is a whole separate pot of okay. movies. So you actually? Well, so, I mean, I, if so I would sort of list, you know, I, give I me the list. Give me give me some of the the the, the topics of the list. How's that? Well, the movie list was the first one, right? So oh, I'm trying to like tier, like top tier, middle tier, like what's in the conversation for the right. best ones and what's like we're going to leave it off the top of the you, list. But, like, you need to mentioning. get out more. You need to get out more. What, what, what does that mean? You want, what, what kind of list? Well, okay, Dave, you, you tell me the list to generate and I'll come you're, to the next pod with you're making list. You're making a list of what lists to make. <laughs> I'm going to make not, a list. I would like you list. to tell me. If you don't want to talk about movies, you can tell me what you want. Uh, what gonna, other lists are you curious about? No, I want... Uh, what am I curious about? I, I, well, I want to know: Are you making lists on pieces of paper? Or are you making no. lists on the Google, computer? Google Drive. Uh, Google Drive. Be throwback. Make a throwback. Make them on a. No. Everything's got to go. Everything's got to go in the cloud. Everything's got to go in the cloud, including my password document, which is like eight pages long. Passwords. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm gonna crack that cloud and find. Go for passwords. it. You also have not given me a list, so I'm not gonna forget that. You know. I'll give you a list. Okay. List. Um. I'm gonna give you a list also. So get ready. So we'll, we'll do a list and we'll come back with it, okay? We'll That's fine. Next, next podcast. Um, give me a list. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not. You going first? I'm not. I'm not going to bail you out on this one. All right. I don't. I, I don't want to have a have a too long of a pause. But <laughs> hmm, let's see. Ten things. How long? Can you li- does it have to be a certain amount of amount of amount of? Um, the list is yours. The list is the yours. List you is tell mine. Me. Ten things you regret letting me know about yourself what? 10 that's really niche 
<laughs> no, nobody else will appreciate and, that sharing. And too personal. <laughs> nobody will know what we're talking about. Why did I tell you? Let me tell everybody why I told Dave that I shouldn't have. That's a great idea. Remember that time I what told you about that about? personal thing? I didn't want anybody to know about. <laughs> oh How my many, god! We, we have listeners, so we can't do that. Okay. Um, All right, Dave. The thing, the thing I'll, I'll go first. All right. I want I want you to come back with a list of the your ten favorite like garments you've ever had. Like, what's a shirt or a pair of pants that like you loved getting it? You loved wearing it. You might still have it. You might not still have it. What's the story behind it? I want to know about that. All right. That's, That's what I want to do from you. If you want, we can do the same thing. And I'll tell um, you, like, oh, you know, oh, here's here's clothes that I got that were just really special to me. And okay. it probably won't be a top ten because you'll forget some things from when you were a kid. But, like, I can't, like, for example, I can't believe the time that I took the bus to Harvard Square and went to Newbury Comics and got that Pearl Jam t-shirt in seventh right. grade. And okay. I loved on, on it that, so hard. Well, That's what I, I, I want to see. I think That's we both do that list. Well, on that note, so you've, now you've stimulated my, my mind, is... Yeah. 10 things that we each have that are, that we won't part with, um, tangible things, you know, like, um, besides, you know, our family, like things that, that, that you keep, that you keep, that you keep in your house. I'm looking at my, at my dresser right now, things that you just won't throw away. How's that? So Dave's the, the uh, Dave still has to get the box score from the, from the bitty basketball, you know, I, he's I never, never getting rid of that. I'm looking, I'm looking at, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my room right now. I have this eyeglass holder that Jocelyn made me in ceramics. It says Jocelyn Geller on the back. And every night when I go to bed, I put my, if I'm in my bed, my eyeglasses go in that thing. I've been doing that for like 10 years, but that's my superstition part. So don't give me the answers now, you know? No, no, I get eleven or more. So ten things, ten things that you hold on to for superstitious reasons. How's that sound? I think that sounds great. Uh, we're we're gonna finish the pod, Dave. I've, I have a question for you. All right. Yes. Okay. Are you familiar with uh with pennies? Yes, I am. What's a penny? I mean, the one things that you wear when you're scrimmaging, like yeah. So to, to tell tell us, tell the podcast audience, what's a penny? It's like a light overgarment you will wear over your uniform or your shirt. To so you differentiate yourself from another player on uh, the other team. For sure. Do you know that where it comes from? Uh, Trisket. <laughs> does not come from Trisket. Where, where does it come from? It comes from the word pinafore. P-I-N-A-F-O-R-E. And do you know what a pinafore is? Isn't that like a... Um, I'm thinking like a petty four first four, which is not like a little cookie. No, that's not a little cake. Nice try. <laughs> yeah, but it's something. It's a, it's a small little garment or something. I don't know. It was a type of apron that was pinned over the dress and easily removed for washing. Um, the pinafore had no buttons and simply pinned on the front, hmm. which led to the term pin a four. Pinned on the front. Pinafore, mm-hmm. penny, soccer pennies. Yes. And the word biddy, Dave, the word biddy basketball, we still yes, know where that sir. came from, made me think about pennies. Did you, oh, yeah. Well, I told you where it came from, didn't I? I forget what it was. Well, I said was it from Mr. Biddy. You sent me yeah. the, the, they still have it at yeah. the Lewis and Arbor. Exactly. Wins, it's still, yeah, it's still like, called, yeah. Still we called don't know, do you know why it's called biddy, though? I thought, I thought, I thought I, I no idea. <laughs> so, research. So, Dave's going to come right, back well. with, with, the, with the etymology, the etymology, right? Etymology. Uh, of, of pennies, of uh, biddies, sorry. And uh, we're going to talk about that's maybe, great. Maybe the, maybe the clothing that we love, 10 things, and, and why we like that. Uh, not the best question. I might, I might come back with something else and, and shoot it over to you before oh, we talk good. next. So somehow, Dave, this podcast is 48 minutes. And we didn't have that much to talk about, but that was pretty oh, fun. It was pretty um, it was dense. A lot of interesting stuff, yeah. It was good to leave with some things that were more weighty and then and then diverge into some things that were not uh, like Androscoggin and Madawaska. That's some good main talk. You just don't, you just don't say it right. <laughs> Well, not again. This is one thing that you actually pronounce better than me. It's stuff about Maine. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm, yeah, I'm gifted. Nice. I'm gifted in that sense. I'm about you're to wicked, ahead of the curve. You're wicked gifted. I, uh, is your, by the way, is Jocelyn still is Jocelyn still up in New Hampshire doing art? Jo- Jocelyn's in New Hampshire still. She's oh taken over. So this is what I call uh, self self quarantine. She's taken over a place up there, and she's turned into her own art studio. She's painting and she's doing metal Metals? work. Metals, exactly right. Can I she's send like, her like a, a, a like a work order on some metal stuff? Hundred percent. She's um, making some pretty cool stuff up there, and mm. she's got a workbench going on. She's got the music playing. She have a um, lathe. She doesn't have a lathe yet. She has a soldering thing, but she doesn't have any lathe yet. I don't know if, she, if they're going <laughs> to let her out of the state now. They're, they're, she might be stuck there, quarantined. Stuck, stuck on the lake. 
No, she's up. She has to flee. She has to flee up to East of Bangor, up to to Aurora, to find refuge. Yeah, Aurora, Maine. So, my goodness. Well, Dave, this um big week ahead. Uh, we're hoping to have a pod coming up about some uh, some yoga, hopefully, later yeah. this week. So stay tuned yeah, for that. That could be really great and interesting and yeah. fun. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, so we're trying to trying to sort of cobble together a podcast where we're talking about uh, strength and conditioning from, from two perspectives. One from, from the folks over at LPY uh, and one from a good friend of mine who's a strength and conditioning coach for the Maccabi Tel Aviv basketball team, which is one of Europe's premier clubs. Uh, and that's interesting because, A, he's a cool dude, and two, because their best player is going to be the second or third pick in the NBA draft this year. Uh, and we want to hear, hear more about Denny Adia uh, from Maccabi Tel Aviv from my friend Barack. So we'll see if we can get those, those folks in the pod this week, uh, come back with a strength and flexibility podcast. Because uh, guess who's well, not like feeling that. strong this week is me. I tried to work out last night, like at home, body yep. weight. I'm like, I'm dead. So bands, man. Yeah, so let's let's I, be healthier. Exercise bands. That's what I'm doing now. Well, I mean, I, I want to talk to Jen and the LPY folks about, like, there's a reason that I'm, I'm better at yoga when it's, like, hot, you know, and I'm ready to go. Because in the room, I suck at it, you know, when I'm here at the house. So I definitely yeah. need some help. So we'll, well, you we'll should, delve into that, should, we'll delve into that should, with Jen. And, and then, you should uh, log on. They're doing, the, doing the, virtual, the virtual yoga now. You should log on t- tomorrow night. Yeah, no. It's so uh, My wife's like, we should. I'm like, no. And after last night, I'm like, you know, maybe we maybe we should because this is not working so the, the, i was like i'm, I'm fine with being at home like the one thing i missed dave other than seeing your handsome face in person uh, i know I, I missed the working out like it's not i'm not getting what i need i just feel myself slipping a little bit but what can you, you do know, we, we, could, we could change this podcast name t- from what do we know to dan and dave just trying to stay connected socially that's not going to be the title but um, <laughs> thanks for the suggestion like got it out <laughs> All right, Dave. Well, have a great rest of your Monday. Uh, you're working in the office three days this week. Is that right? I Tuesday, am. Wednesday, Thursday? Yeah. People come by, wave at me from a distance through the window, and uh, right. it should be a good week. And you do whatever you can from home. All right? Well, it's fi- It's finally April. It's coming up soon. So um, who knows well, what April, April will hold. Hopefully lots wait, of good April times. Fo- wait, April Fool's Day is like two days away. April Fool's Day is coming up, man. Oh, my gosh. All right. All right. All right, listeners. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll talk to you later this week. See you, Dan. Bye-bye, man. What Do We Know is written by Dan Broskell and Dave Geller and produced by Julie Manugian at Lex Media in Lexington, Massachusetts. Our theme music is written by Joey Freeman. Joey's work can be found on SoundCloud and Spotify. See you next time.